0: Romans 12, 1 and 2. And this is Paul speaking. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let's take verse 2 again. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So the start of verse 2, Apostle Paul was admonishing us that we should not conform, we should not comply, we should not adapt to the standards of this world, the ungodly world. And he encouraged us to be transformed by changing the way we think so that we will be able to make the righteous choices, right decisions. Amen. And this is the journey we started last week, and I'm going to continue uh, on that journey today with us. Praise the Lord. So last week, I focused on not conforming to the standards of the world. I try to help us understand that when you try to conform, when you try to be like the world, when you try to blend like the world, when you think on the things the world is thinking, you get the result the world gets. The the, the world, no doubt, right? know that there's a vacuum in their hearts. Know something is missing in their lives. But they will feel this with all manner of things like good works, like you know charity works, just to be able to feel that vacuum, that emptiness in them, right? And any one of them can look me in the eyes and try to confront me, but if they would be very honest with me, they know something is missing, and there's not there's nothing you can do enough of to feel that emptiness in your heart. That emptiness was created when Adam sinned. So there's a void in, the in every human being, and people are constantly looking for something to fill that void. Some people thought they would find it in marriage. They thought if, it, if they have the best partner, the most beautiful woman in their life, it will fill that void. Then they got married and they realized that the void still remains, and things have not changed. And rather, things seems worse as they lay or as they set. Um, unrealistic expectation on their spouses which their spouses were not even designed to meet it i will repeat a a common saying of mine say don't expect in a person what you can only find in christ jesus or don't expect in a person what god has provided for you in christ jesus see to find lasting fulfillment and joy in life it's not in the meat, it's not in things, it's not in cars, it's not in beautiful homes. It is in Christ Jesus. The Bible tells us that our sufficiency, what makes us feel complete and not feel inadequate is in Christ Jesus. And that's why the book of Colossians chapter 2 verse 10 tells us that we are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. It's only in Christ Jesus you can find your completeness. You hear some single people say, they are looking for a man or a woman to complete them. <laughs> you may find out that after you get married to this man or this woman, you have a lot of work to do in their lives to help them even come to a measure of to realize the completeness that they have in Christ Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, I haven't covered the intro. Let me quickly remind us what uh, conform means. I said to confirm means towards to fashion alike. You know to behave according to socially accepted conventions, socially accepted conventions. And I asked us last week, I said, who is setting this standard? Who is designing how culture should function? Mostly is ungodly people. Have you realized that many people are trying to make the Bible sound like a hate speech because it contradicts the wickedness of their heart? So, if you are a person given to social trends, cultural trends, you are heading for a disaster. Or you are going somewhere to be a disaster. I forgotten how to say it. You are a disaster in the making a sense. Or you are going somewhere to create a disaster. Because the thing is that you don't know what defined that culture. You don't know what defined that cultural way of thinking. You don't know what's behind it. And you don't know their motive. Well, what the Bible tells me in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6 is that money... The love of money is a root of all evil. So many people in the world who are money minded, big major pharmaceutical companies, government officials, businesses, who are are money and power conscious, will initiate some trends to destroy, to damage you just for their pocket. And if you don't know that, most of the time you will not know because the media is sponsored by these people. So I'm telling you that you cannot always get the truth from the media. No wonder the Bible tells us about that the church, I think 1 Timothy 3, that the church is the ground and the foundation and the pillar of truth. The church, Transformers Church, and a few other churches out there, you may be surprised why I didn't mention many. I, I, that was that's on purpose. That's intentional. The church is the foundation and the pillar, the ground for truth. So, so if you want to know the truth about how to live your life, there's no other place to find it other than in the word of God and in the local church, not in mainstream media. And I'm not talking about churches that have gone woke. So you, the, question, the next question in your mind may be, so how do I differentiate a church that has gone woke and the church of Christ Jesus. Don't forget there's a difference between church of the world, church of England, church of wokeness, all manner of churches, and the church of Christ Jesus. The church I have, I have committed myself to raise is the church of the, of the Lord Christ Jesus. And I don't go by the conventions and the norms of, of, uh, of generally acceptable church standard. So at this point in time in my life, what God is leading me to do is a home church. People may not like it. They may not be comfortable with it all the best. I have not I was not sent to build a church for people, but to create a church by Jesus, with Jesus for his own people. Right? So not all, not all, not everyone out there will come to TTC because not everyone wants to work with Jesus. The people who know that I'm working with Jesus will know that this is the face the Lord is has. Um, this is the face I am in with the Lord. And if they have the Spirit of Christ and responsive to the Spirit of Christ, they come on board. So if a person doesn't come on board, is either, is not part of their journey at this point in time in their life. But for me, the direction God is leading me is this way that I'm going. So every other man of God, how they may raise their nose and say, oh man, I'll stupid things. It, does it doesn't bother me. It makes no sense to me. Because the question is this, the, the point is this, they are not my boss. They didn't enroll me into service. Jesus found me trustworthy with the gospel and he enrolled me. So who should I be accountable to? The Lord Jesus. So that is an example of myself as a pastor who refused to follow the trends of the world. People say, you know what, they are three years now in service (laughs) and they are still running home church. What's your business? What's your business? So everyone, you better be careful who you listen to and what people are saying. It ain't your business. And, I'm, and, I'm, and I thank God for this opportunity he's given me to be an example to you guys. I follow Jesus. Everybody has the right to do whatever they like. And the fact that God is leading me this way doesn't mean he's leading somebody else that way. Amen. So each and every one of us must learn to be individualistic in our walk with the Father. Let your, let, let your Christian life be driven by your own relationship with the Father. Amen. Praise the Lord. So do not conform to this world. So let's take it further. So I said there were, key, there were four key words that we're going to be looking at on this journey. Conform, transform, renew, prove. Conform, transform, renew, prove. So we looked at conform last week, which I just reminded us, which is you know, conforming, fashioning yourself, adapting yourself to the, social, to the acceptable conventions and standards of the world. And I encouraged us last week not to be afraid to stand out. Amen. Do not be afraid to stand out. Do not be afraid to stand your ground. Do not allow the fear of missing out in your life. Don't allow anything make you feel you are outdated. You are are missing out on something big because you are not following trend. Be very careful. Trend is for the masses. In this church, I am raising leaders. Amen. I am raising leaders. Not that we don't have followers, but I'm called to raise leaders. And the leaders I'm raising in this church must never feel afraid of um, losing anything if they don't join a trend or jump on a trend. Everybody is doing it. Are you everybody? Is everybody your name? Is everybody your Lord Jesus? Is everybody, did everybody die for you? Did everybody, does everybody know you? Does it, is, is, is everybody focused on your past spiritual development and growth? So what's your business with everybody? And who is even everybody in the first place? amen i like how this is sounding praise the lord so everybody is not your friend you don't know everybody you know the lord jesus the lord jesus knows you he died for you so who counts and who's what should count in your life is the lord jesus and not everybody everyone is doing it do you know everyone what's your business with everyone do you know how everyone is thinking praise the lord praise the living jesus Amen. So today we're going to be going into transform. So to be transformed uh, the the Greek word for transform there is metamorpho metamorpho. Think about it use any accent to to describe it. Right? So it's is is a word gotten from No, is a word that does metamorph okay, is the same word we get from metamorphosis. You know metamorphosis is when um I think I have a picture there for you guys. You can see there was this, there's a scene on there called uh, the Transformation. Now, you're going to see this beautiful butterfly. Can you see here? So you can see the lava, the pupa, the butterfly, you know. Uh, there's a lot of story around the, the stages of transformation, this change, these stages of change, right? Uh, I think the best, the best of the best is a butterfly, the butterfly, you know, has value to humanity in the sense that it, it aids pollination. You now, as it goes about doing its own thing, it carries the pollen, is that pollen they call it, from one uh, plant to another plant, making basically butterflies a part of uh, a part of a. Uh, okay, like I'm going to rephrase that. So basically, butterflies contribute immensely to our food. Structures, is food ecosystem? The gonna, my, my biology is uh, struggling this morning, amen. So because they also help us, they, they help plant to make food, basically, right? And they're also part of, so they add value to our lives, right? But see this lava and this pupa, that pupa, what I heard about the pupa, that he just eats, no, I think it's lava. Lava just eats and eats and eats and eats, right? All it does is eating. And when it converts to a pupa, right, that is where the transformation is taking place. So all the food is eating, Amen. <laughs> i will trying to say something silly, but that's why. But not, not negative. Bro. I'm just saying so, all the is Sometimes, you know, you see some kids, right? They eat so much. So I'm going to say it. So they eat so much. And after eating every eatable, they go to, to, in a corner and they just sleep. Right? You know, kids. <laughs> so that uh, kids don't make me. Uh, don't unfriend me on Facebook or, or follow me on Instagram. I better stop talking. Here. Amen. <laughs> praise, praise God. Right. So these are stages of transformation. I'm going to go into, into details of this shortly. Right. So there's lava, there's poop, there's butterfly. See, God wants you to be a butterfly. And I say that with caution. Right. So I'm not saying God wants you to lose your human imaginative and a power. But God, a butterfly, a butterfly can fly. It can move. A pulpa cannot move. It's just there. It's, even though transformation is taking place in it, right? And each one of us in our lives, right, I think we need to go through this phases in uh, stages at some point. In our lives, not at some point, but we should, from time to time, we receive the word of God. We feed on the word of God a lot, right? And then we spend time to meditate on the word, right? To, to figure out what God is saying to us. You know, the place of meditation is a place of transformation. And when, when, you, when you become a butterfly, in a sense, is when you begin to, uh, you begin to demonstrate, produce, showcase the results of your prolonged meditation. Amen. So if we want to experience a transformation, transform, transformation in our lives, we must be ready and willing to take in the word of God. Meditate on it, taking the word of God as much as possible, as often as possible. Then as a like a pupa does, sit down, meditate, pray, ponder, discuss. Most of the time, people want to become a butterfly without going through the phases of transformation, whereby they take in the word of God, they eat it, they digest it, they discuss, they ask questions and they realize, and they wonder why they are not flying, why they are not colourful, why they are not having lasting results to humanity, amen. So this is metamorphosis from biology and it's a similar fashion in what we are talking about today in terms of um, transformation. Now, the larva, the pupa, they can't fly. They don't have much value, so to say, compared to a butterfly. But these are the stages that they, mo- that be bo- but the butterfly, got a butterfly can become a butterfly, it must go through these stages. Amen. So the word of God is so amazing. I mean, it captures everything using life examples to, to even using the process, to using life examples to explain things to us, to explain change to us. Praise God. Yeah, back to my screen. <clears throat> yeah, so the word there, transform, means metamorpho, and which, which, is, which is the same word we get from metamorphoses. Now, Cambridge Dictionary de- defines a transformation as a complete change of character, appearance, or condition, as we saw in that um, uh, image. You know, from the lava, the pupa, the butterfly. There's a complete change in appearance, complete change in in in, in character. The, it, you, you saw the lava; it, it was just a cr- it was a crawling object. You saw the pupa; it was just in 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 hibernation. It's just there still stagnant. Then you saw the butterfly itself, mobile beautiful colorful see there's color there's beauty in your life in your heart and god wants to bring god wants to bring this out he he wants your life to evidence the beauty that he has done in your life the the beauty he has created in your spirit let me take us back a little bit now the bible says to us in corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 that if any human being be in Christ is a new creature all things are passed away and all things become new if any person be in Christ is a new creature all things are passed away and all things become new so how many of you can see any newness in your life or did you see saw any lasting newness in your life after you give your life to Christ not many because After you give your life to Christ and the excitement wins, yes, the excitement will win because you're going to go to work on Monday, right? Sometimes some of us don't have any job we don't enjoy. Some of us, uh, not myself, but I'm just speaking in general. Some people are married to a spouse that is grumpy and annoying. You know, all manner of things happen in life. Some people have some horrible in-laws that you you will still ask God, God, why was I born into this family? So we have things happening to us left, right, and center that could want to serve that excitement of um, the new birth when we give our life to Christ. But one thing you also notice beside the excitement is this. The way you think still remains. and most of the time you realize that all of the garbage and the wrong way of thinking from your old world still operates in your life. I mean, they're still in your life. Negative thoughts, negative thinking, negative emotions, anxiety, depression. It's still in the life of many people. And when many people cannot deal with them, they don't understand how to deal with the situations. Do you know what they say? They say probably it's the will of God for you. And that's why many people, many Christians and Christian leaders have spiritualized these negative and evil emotions and experiences in people's lives because they themselves do not know how to walk people through the path of transformation. Friends, depression, anything negative, anything you can identify to be negative is not from God and is not God's will or plan for your life. I repeat, anything you can ne- identify as a negative, you, if you see it as a negative, because of how it affects your health, destroys your health, destroys your marriage, destroys people's trust in you and confidence in you, your performance in life. Anything you can identify as negative is not from God. And don't accept it as your cross, like some people will preach. Don't accept it as the life you have to live. Don't accept it. It's not God's plan for you. The Bible says, if any human being be in Christ, is a new creature. you are new on the inside. The Bible says you are complete in Christ Jesus, who is the head of all principality and power. See, God created something beautiful in your spirit. You receive the very life of God in your spirit. You are perfect in your spirit. But in your physical world, you are not experiencing these things. But God wants you to also experience this in your exterior life, in your physical life. Someone once sang a long time ago, I guess they were still younger than faith to a degree at that point in time. So when we get to heaven, uh, what the day of joy it will be. So many Christians believe that on earth is for suffering. Deliverance and healing is in heaven. That's not correct. If that was the case, right, Jesus would not have healed people on earth. He would not have healed the sick and raised the dead. He would have died for you, for, you, for your sins to be forgiven. And then invite you to come to heaven and receive your healing and your deliverance. So Jesus should have come and probably blow a wind on all of us after he died, after he was raised from the dead, so that all of us would die and go to heaven. No. On earth is where we can demonstrate the power of God. The, the early church, the early apostles demonstrated this. Uh, Acts 10:38, while Peter was speaking to the, to the house of Cornelius, he said how God anointed Jesus of Christ of Nazareth. With the Holy Ghost and with power, we went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil. So anything negative, anything destructive, anything damaging to your life is is of the devil. Jesus came to undo the works of darkness. So all those psychological problems, all those emotional problems, they are not from God. The reverse, the opposite of those evil things is in your spirit. So there's joy in your spirit. There's healing in your spirit. There's deliverance in your spirit because your spirit, right, carries the image of God. So transformation is bringing the reality of your spirit to bring the reality that's taking place in your spirit to your physical life. To make the change in your spirit becomes real in your physical life. Amen. Whereby you walk in joy, in freedom. The Bible says it is for freedom in Christ Jesus that God has made you free. Colossians 1.13 says, God has delivered you from the power and the dominion of darkness and conveyed you to the kingdom of the Son of his love. So, the enemy brings bondage, but in Christ Jesus you have freedom. Amen. So, To be able to experience this joy, beauty, healing in your spirit, you got to change the way you think. The truth is this. If you're not able to recognize, if if you don't change the way you think and recognize or know or define or identify the will of God for your life, for your marriage, for your health, you will not be able to choose right. You will not be able to go in the right direction. You will not be able to make the right decision. You will not be able to pray right. So it is important that we change the way we think, renew our mind. Amen. We renew our mind so that we can experience transformation. I've jumped ahead of myself a little bit. Let me try to align all my thoughts together and um, oh, trust God that this is going to make sense. So transformation means what? A complete, a, a complete change of character, appearance or condition. Uh, Miriam webster defines it as a change of physical form, structure, substance, especially by supernatural means. I took that definition because of the transformation that we saw in the butterfly, from the lava to pupa to uh, the uh, mature butterfly. There's a change in structure. So what I'm trying to say is this. It's, see, as you, go, as you become a transformed life, transformed Christian, it's going to be evident in your physical life. It's going to be evident in your character. You will see and you will know. That things about you are changing. Those things that held you bound will no longer hold you bound. Your decision-making process will be influenced. The way you gossip, you challenge, um, you gossip, you throw people under the bus. All those behaviors will be, they will change. People around you will know you are being transformed. But to connect it back to what I was talking about, when you give your life to Christ. Many people are saved today, but their life is not transformed. See, transformation is a journey. The name of our church, I didn't coin him with my mind or anything. Jesus gave me that name and gave me what we we had to do. All of the things we're doing in TTC, in terms of how we operate, I didn't come, I I was not trained by a pastor. I was not mentored by a pastor or any kind of thing. I've never planted a church or any kind of stuff. So I tried as much as possible to work with Jesus. Many of you guys know how we're outside, we're we're in a hall, and I felt the Lord Jesus say, you know what, guys, shut these things down. Go back into home church. I just do what he asked me to do. Amen. So transformation I was talking about. So that transform, right? Oh, I just want to gist you a little bit about a short there. Transformation there, you know, is when you go to transformation, people around you will know. You will know. You will see this evidence. So God wants the change in your spirit. The uh, what do we call it again? Uh, That's what we use for the change in your spirit. Okay. Uh, I can't remember those, those terminologies right now. God wants that change in your spirit to be evident in your life. And that's what we call transformation. And we say that to start this journey, you must stop. You must first of all stop conforming and thinking like the world. Amen. So I've covered a few things. They're talking about the fact that um, you know, when we give our life to Christ, it's just a starting point of experiencing a joyful life. You know, giving our life to Christ is the beginning, is a, is a starting point of the Christian life. Many people, many Christians today are depressed, oppressed. Their life is in a mess because they thought all that there is to Christianity is for you to be saved and that's it. And unfortunately, many evangelists and many guys who go around also depict Christianity that way, that once you give your life to Christ, all your problem will be solved. Mm-mm. The only problem that is solved is that you have eternal life. You're not going to die spiritually. You're not going to be eternally separated from God. So even if I put it to you this way, you know, not in a negative sense and not to scare you, your problem has just begun. Because that is when you will know that for real, for real, for real, there's a devil in this world. Because he will fight with everything he has. And if the enemy is really attacking and fighting you, since you give your life to Christ, it should not discourage you. And tempted to go back into the world. But it should prove to you that indeed being a Christ follower is real. That indeed Christ is alive. That indeed Christianity is real. And it should encourage you to be willing to fight. Or, if you're making progress in your spiritual life and you're having attacks, or you're having challenges, your brother, your parent, or your sister, your friend are attacking you left, right, and center or trying to lure you into sinful things. That should tell you that something's really, something has happened in your life and the devil wants to use the people around you, especially the close ones to you, to, take, to steal your joy and keep you in bondage. I put it to you this way many Christians, many people are saved, they are Christians, but they are in bondages. And it takes renewing one's mind to be able to come out of those bondages. Praise the Lord. So talking about renew one's mind. So to renew means, um, the Greek word for the renew also means renovation. Also means renovation. So to renew means to restore to a former better state. Right? To restore to life, vigor, activity. To restore. So some people their mind may be in a very bad shape, and they think God should give, and some of them think or pray, God, give me a new mind. The Bible did not ask you to tell you to pray for a new mind. It tells you to renew your mind, change the way you think. If you want to feel differently, if you want to feel differently, change the way you think. Like Jolene was leading us in prayer this morning, don't expect, don't expect your, your, your feelings to change, everything to just change all of a sudden because you took the right step one day or for one minute or for one hour it's a journey some of you guys are in your 20s some 30s 40s 50s 60s and you've been you've had a stronghold a negative way of thinking a fortified reinforced way of thinking for over for the past years and you think in one hour message or six months being in church things will change no don't forget that most of you guys nine to five or eight to six pm monday to friday you are in the workplace Right, so then you get to attend to the kids and the, uh, your your kids or family in the evening. Then you have to wake up very early, sort out the family before you go to work. If you, if you take your time, you notice that maybe Saturday, then you you attending a family function. Sunday, you come to church. So if you notice that many of you guys, many of us, right, we only have Sunday to do a bit, or a bit of a piece, a bit of work on our transformation journey. And some of us is just between um, when I'm teaching or during service. And even during service, some people probably they are doing something on their phone, or texting someone, or laughing, or doing something on Facebook. So all in all, maybe they have half an hour to to put some right things in their mind. That's when they don't get distracted. In my when I'm teaching, or when they, when I'm teaching, they go and get coffee or they're talking. Pastor is preaching. I'm in service. All of it. God sees you. Oh, you know, my life has grown has really advanced to grown to one point now that I don't I don't kill myself, or fight myself over people's life or change. I will show you, I will try as much as possible to show you the value your life carries. Make it, so, help you to see how much value is in your life. Encourage you to fight for your life. But ultimately, it's left for you to do something about it. Jesus did not force me to change. If Jesus did not force me to change, I cannot force you. So everyone is responsible for their life. But that's another thing I'm going to do. I'm going to show you that you're responsible for your life. Right. But it's left for you ultimately to do something about your life. Amen. So, renovation. So, to change the way you think. I don't know how I got down, but it's a blessing for you guys, I believe so. Right. So, we got to renew my am renovate. Amen. So, um, let me see what I can quickly go through here. So, I, I put in my notes here. To experience a sound Christian life, have stories of life change, we must go beyond the level of genuine commitment to god what i mean is this if we truly really, truly really really want to see a transformed life a changed life a life that's that's delivered from the power and the dominion of darkness though we have it in our spirit but to see it in our physical and everyday life we need to give ourselves we need to renew our mind renovate our mind let's go through the steps of renovation first of all i think i have a scene there about strip out on one scene amen so to renew our mind, so now, you know, since that word came from the word renovation, right? So if you can see on the screen here, you can see this, this, this is just the beginning of the renovation process where they're tearing down, you know, fixtures that does not make sense, that are old, that are, you know, dirty, rip out, strip out. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So for you guys, what do you need to strip out of your life? What do you need to rip out? What ideas, ideologies do you need to kick? Do you need to destroy? Do you need to take out? What emotions do you need to take out? See, so a, renovation, a renovation project cannot be successful if you cannot identify what needs to be taken out. If you don't have a vision, if you don't have a mind, if you don't even have an idea... Of, or a blueprint of what a, a well-designed life is, a life in Christ Jesus is. You can't even, you will not even change your life. Many Christians today, let's go back. Many Christians today are not even making an effort to change their life, to live a better quality life because they have no clue, no vision of what a Christian life should be. Amen selfishness and self-centeredness, I'm going to teach on this one day, selfishness and self-centeredness are so much occupied or taking people's minds captive that they've not come to realize that the Christian life is not to be lived for yourself. The Christian life is to be lived, to be a blessing to other people. Jesus said, you, you are the light of the world, not you, the light of yourself. We are so self-absorbed, self-focused, and this is one of the things that drives strife in the church. I look forward to my leadership training sessions for the few leaders in my church. That's when they will know what it takes to be a leader and what I'm what I go through. I don't leave for myself. You wanna hear the truth? I wasn't feeling well this morning. I was not feeling well for the few fast few days. You know, I could just come in this morning and just like, you know, guys, you know, blah blah. i I'm I've been doing a lot of stuff, so my body's um is is crying for rest and stuff like that. Uh, not that I'm stressed, but it's just one of those things when you when you take more responsibility, like you guys are aware that we are pre- we are preparing for the next phase. I still have about four or five books to read and there's a lot of work that we're doing. It's is quite is intense. So if you see us move from here, I mean like maybe level two to uh, to f- twenty, it didn't happen overnight. Some people are born midnight candle. Midnight is it candle or the body? Uh huh the point midnight oil, working hard. And that's why I feel weak a little bit this morning. Amen. But I don't live for myself. I don't think about myself. Sometimes when we have the teen girls catch up, I'm exhausted. I say, come and look straight and look as if everything is fine. I don't leave for myself. Decisions I make, they are not for my own pleasure or for what i like to do. Praise God. I think it's a hint for the leaders, right? You know what's coming. Amen. Because many people do not have a clue of what the Christian life is like. How beautiful it is. What it should look like. Not exploiting or molesting other people. Church is not the place to go and to, to, to make a name for yourself or get a position. Unfortunately, that's what we see in many churches today. Many people are looking to be, look for that opportunity to be called a deacon. Ha ha, Jesus is Lord. You know my, lonely, my leadership style. You're not even recognized as a leader. But you're the one making things happen. Because leadership simply means influence. You have the vision, you lead people, you coach people. But you're not, you not even the face of the show. <laughs> if I pick in a person that they would like to be the face of the show, I'm not going to give them responsibilities. I'm not going to put depth into it. Some people who might just be on the bench all the days of their life in TTC until I see that that self-centeredness and that self that sense of self-importance is ripped off. Because it destroys people. Many pe- the reason why many pastors and many many leaders in church today into one kind of funny sexual immorality or the is because of self pleasure, self elevation. And when it, anything that, has, that is focused on self will manifest in any way, shape, or form. Amen. So many people are not even putting any effort at all to renovate their mind, to change the way they think, because they have no clue. Amen. Below the renovation, I have something there about I think about structure. Now, I was talking about the fact that. You know, you need to have a blueprint, you know, blueprints and uh, what is it, you know, blueprint, have a have a kind of a vision of what a Christian life is like. And many of us may not even realize until after two, three years of our next two, three years, even to for the for the next phase of the church, of our church, it's taken me seven months to start really getting it. And I'm not ashamed to say it, yes, I've not done this before. Because I could have just gone with the mind of what I know about church planting. But what God wants to do, t- it's taken me seven months from January to start really, really seeing what exactly is saying. And I don't know when, it's, how long it will take for me to actually, you know, comprehend that picture. And I ain't going anywhere until I get it and it's so clear. Uh-huh. Praise God. So if you are not happy with home church, please. And uh, you know, this is not good for you. Please, God bless you. Try the next church. Praise the Lord. Because I'm, I've come to raise to be something that last generations. I've not come to impress anyone. I, I was tempted to do that when I started, you know, trying to make everybody comfortable, but I'm not doing that anymore. I've repented. I've not I've not come to build church for people, but to, for the Lord Christ Jesus. And if I do it the way Jesus wants me to do it, I will bless his people. And I will attract his people. And his people will find me. Not some people who just who are not ready to walk with the Lord Jesus. Praise God. So in the part of transformation, you must be ready to structure your life. If you can see here, you know, things are, you know, they've ripped things out from the old picture that I've showed you earlier on. And they are structuring things. So what I'm trying to tell you is that the transformation process is a journey. It's not going to church one day and there's intentionality about it. It's not going to church one day and you think everything is fine. It's not by going to church on Sunday that your life will be transformed. No. There's a lot of work that you have to do on your own. So one of the men I follow, John, uh, Jim Rohn, he said, work harder on yourself than you do on your life. And I've been listening to John Maxwell lately. And some things that I've, you know, everything is just coming together in my mind. I was like, oh my goodness, now I get it. I, you know, this man, I had this man make the statement many years ago. I think in 2000 and, um, 2014, I think, or 13, about 10 years ago, about, Ten, 10 years ago. You know one of the reasons I tell you that some things that I say today don't think you understand it. Because you we've had it doesn't mean you understand it. I've been thinking and thinking what does this guy mean? Work harder down yourself than you do on your job. It was recently I got it. So first thing in the morning or last thing at night or when I get a chance I spend at least on average two hours on myself. This is not praying. This is not studying the word. I pray. I study the word. I spend, that was about minimum I do two hours. Now I spend another two hours on myself to look at the direction my life is going. Every day. At least Monday to Friday. If my weekend gets busy, I'm hosting or something like that. Amen. Even if I, when I'm tired, I just spend like putting like 45 minutes or one hour on the days that, you know, it's been a, a challenging one. Work hard down yourself now you're doing your job. Because no, I don't want to be a pastor, a successful pastor. I want to be a successful pastor with sound character that hands well. So it's not about what people think of me, but it's about who I am that people cannot see. So to live a transformed a changed life, you, you got to be intentional about it. You have to learn to evaluate your life. You have to, you have to sit down and structure. I'm, see, I pray for understanding. I'm going to invest in my leaders because my leaders must get this. What do I say? My leaders must get this. I'm going to show my leaders how to structure your life, organize your life, live intentionally, live a sound life. Amen. Such that when you are no longer a leader in TTC or, or you have to pass on to your, you have to pass on to other people, it, your life does not fall apart. You are happy. Your joy is seeing people grow and succeed. You guys see how excited I am when Jolomi is teaching. I love to see people succeed, but, but I'm not forcing or pushing anyone anymore because I used to do that. I've also repented. No, no. I've learned now. I only invest in people who, 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 who prove themselves to be investable. And many people don't even have a clue of what I have or carry. And I'm not trying to blow my trumpet. People don't have a clue. And the reason why they don't have a clue is because they are going by the material accomplishment that I have. Those people are not worthy or qualified to be among my leaders or be in my area. If a person can only judge by what they see, the material, position, material positions I have, they are not worthy to be in my fold. And I'm not going to invest time with them. There are people who have been reaching out to me to say, they when can we catch up? We are not catching up. So you know, you know I can, I can look it. I can look the part. I can arrange myself to look the part to make people want to accept me. I know what to do. I know what to wear. I have the money by God's grace to buy those effects. But I'm not going to do it. Because the people I want to attract are the people who hear value and come around. And I check on people, but not everybody responded. A lot of people have now archived. So I'm telling you how I live my life, right? So when I become a success in the heights of the world, don't think... It's by accident. That's why I share my life with you guys. Amen. I've blocked a few. I'm going to start uh, deleting some very soon. Yeah. Praise the Lord. So, you have to be intentional. If you, you want a transform, transformed life, intentionality. Sunday service, you are not here. You're saying, um, he's home church. They're doing home church now. Yes. <laughs> it will shock you. It what it will shock you watch out let me finish what I'm doing with Jesus and people and some and people and I do the things he wants me to do and the responsive people showed up and they respond it will shock you you will know that jesus J- Jesus does not kill his own vision because of you he's moving he will shock you amen so that stuff, for that. I hope that blessed you. So there's a lot into that. I'm gonna leave you with Jesus Christ for him to help you in diarrhea. Isaiah 26:30 says, he will keep in perfect peace those whose mind is stayed upon him because they trust in him. There's a lot loaded here. I'm talking about renewing your mind, changing the way you think. Identify, read your Bible, work with Christians, not TikTok swipe, Facebook or Instagram swipe. Be intentional about your life. The scope of renewing one's mind is massive. Your finances, your health, your marriage, your relationships, your academics, a lot. So spending three, four hours just scrolling to social media, you are destroying your life because you are wasting your time. Now tell me, all of the things that you have learned, all of your scrolling on social media, how many things can you remember that really gives you substance in your heart and your mind? Nothing will give you much more substance than you spend the time with the Lord personally and with believers in an environment that is safe. quoting me anywhere. I've done this for over 20 years. And what I'm saying to you guys here is something that I have, it's, it's what I know, not what I read. Number four, as I shut down. Point number four, so that's um prove. So prove here. It means to establish the truth or validity of something. To establish the truth or validity of something. Right? By the presentation of argument or evidence. That's by the way. Let's stop at to prove, to establish the truth or validity of something. Amen. And this is speaking of how to physically display God's will in our lives. Do you know the truth? So, if you don't stop conforming, if you don't get on the transformation journey by renewing your mind, or put it this way, if you don't stop conforming to the world and renew your mind so that you can experience transformation in your life, you cannot know what is truth. You cannot know the will of God. And this touches every area of our lives. The reason why many people are not even able to recognize false prophets is because they have no clue of what the will of God. They have no clue of what the will of God is. No, I'll rephrase that. The reason why many people are not able to recognize false prophets is because they are still thinking like the world thinks. They still want the things the world wants. So when you think life is about having your Ferrari, driving Range Rover, building a pro- uh, building a house, so when a prophet comes and promises you that I speak that into your life all in The name of the gospel, you take it in, and they bring demons into your life by prophesying evil into your life, telling you to do things that are demonic. And you wonder why your life is always, always you know, in a what's it called in a roller coaster, problem to problem, problem to problem. Friends, I have spiritual challenges, but I don't have the problems that people of the many Christians have. You hear some problems for some Christian, you think, How? Because they are still thinking like the world. They still think life is about what they can get. Who, you know, who recognizes them? Who knows them? These are demonic. And they, 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 keep, they keep company with demonic people. Amen. So this is a journey which we have just started. And to, it will continue in many other topics. This journey of transformation in the, at the Transformers Church. But I've said to you, you've got to stop conforming with, to the world. You've got to change the way you think. Replace your thinking, your thoughts with the Word of God. Set your mind on the things that have that to do with God. Amen. Uh, can you show the last uh, I think there's, a, there's another picture. final one there. one there. Is that the last one on the thing there? Huh? No, no. Yeah, but there's a picture. I don't know, I think it's the one. Yeah, yeah. Come on, look at this. Look at where we're coming from. We're coming from the, you know, when we're stripping things out, we restructured, a beautiful kitchen. Amen. And there are more kids that are more beautiful than this. Is this one not nicer to sit down in and, and do things? Amen. Our, some of us, our life is just easy. easy. is an absolute mess. And it's not pointy figures. We, we we inherited a lot of junk from the world, but God wants you to take them out so that you, you can see the potential. Friends, there's potential on the inside of you. Finally, God did not ask you to change your mind because that same mind you have is capable of producing Anything that God has put on the in your spirit, your mind is like a garden. You can go back. Your mind is like a garden. If you don't cultivate it, anything will grow there. Even when you're cultivating it, weeds are growing. So take responsibility over the garden of your heart. Amen. By planting the right things and taking not and uprooting. Things that were not planted by the Father. The lies, the deceptions, the few. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayers. Father, we thank you for this one in the name of Lord Jesus. We thank you for your word that's has come to us. And Lord, we pray that those words bear fruit in our heart, that as we start this journey with you, that we we'll begin to identify the areas of our lives that need um, that needs your touch. That we need to hear your truth, know your truth. The areas of a life that we need transformation. We pray our eyes are open and we pray for strength in the name of the Lord Jesus to do something about them. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We, we, we pray that we begin to receive the word, tra- word of transformation in the name of Jesus. We pray for inner strength to sit down and do something with our lives, to design our lives, to be intentional about our lives in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Right.